you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And on today's show, it's another Wednesday with Eli. Well, at least his sound bites. That's right. We're going to play along and we'll really just play off of some of Eli Drinkwitz's sound bites from yesterday as he met with the media as per usual on Zoom as become a custom in 2020. And Eli had some really good things to say about a guy who's become my new best friend. And that's, of course, offensive line coach Marcus Johnson. I've also got a little bit of a theory on Eli's good cop, bad cop persona that I presented that was media-based earlier before. Well, it seems he's taken that to the coaching side of the field as well. So we're going to break down everything, including some good thoughts on Florida tight end Kyle Pitts. But first, you know what? Let's start with Eli throwing his weight around a little bit. He was asked about you know, what he thought of other SEC coaches as far as their initiatives in terms of voting, that type of deal. And Eli deferred and said, well, you know what? I'm not exactly veteran enough to be able to answer that particular question. But when it came to the league office, while he's praised the league office for many things, when it comes to certain handlings of COVID-19, when it comes to actually reporting numbers of COVID and just injuries in general, well, Eli is early in the season. He was very open with most of these things, but it sure seems like he's changing his tune a bit in this following soundbite. Yeah, I watched a press conference yesterday where there wasn't much reporting done, so I, I'll just keep mine. I'll let y'all figure that out on Saturday too. So just play that game, I guess. So clearly, again, early on, Eli was saying, hey, this is this whole COVID thing. This isn't a football issue. This is a public health issue. So he felt like it was incumbent upon him to share some information with the general public, with reporters, as far as what was going on with Missouri and COVID. Well, obviously, he's not getting that same level of information from Florida right now. And clearly, we all know Florida has a lot of question marks there. We know that they've we know that they shut down their facilities last week. That's that's the big headline. So Eli's saying in light of that, well, if they're not going to share anything, why should I, quite honestly? And he's 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 obviously trying to push the league office to have some sort of mandatory COVID reporting deal. But of course it's not just about COVID, it's about the injury situation too. And Actually, Eli touched on this. He hinted at it even a little bit further later in the press conference. Yeah, I don't really worry about it. There's no way that uh, there's no way to know, as we know in the SEC, because there's no way to know. So you just go in assuming they'll be at full strength, and and um, you know we know the challenges we have. Um, we know what kind of schemes they're going to try to run, and then we'll adjust while we're you know in the game, but. I don't think we're going to act like that, you know, they're not going to have their best guys. They're going to be ready. They're going to be prepared. They've been watching our tape for two weeks. They're going to know our tendencies. They're going to know our 
what we like to do. So we're going to have to go out there and play a mistake-free football game and, and play above our ability to have a chance to win. As we know in the SEC, I think that was a pretty clear message sent there from Eli Drinkwitz. And speaking of messages sent loud and clear, Lord knows I've become Marcus Johnson, the Missouri offensive line coach, already just four games in. I feel like I might be his biggest fan. Maybe I'm going overboard just a little bit. What do you guys think? But Eli was asked about Coach Johnson, and, well, it seems like he's a pretty big fan as well. Here's what Coach had to say about Coach Johnson. Uh, Marcus has a toughness to him. He has um, a discipline to him. He has a mentality to him that shows up uh, in the way he coaches his position, the way he coaches, the way he carries himself. Um, he has a standard of performance for everybody in the room, and, and uh, he holds them accountable to that standard. Uh, I mean, anytime you've played uh, at, at, in the SEC where a captain of your team drafted in the second round, played in the NFL, coached multiple uh, NFL linemen, developed NFL linemen, but when you start your career as a strength intern and work your way up to one of, I believe, three African-American offensive line coaches in the country, I think that says something about you as a person, uh, your commitment and your toughness. Um, and um, so incredibly proud of him and, and who he is and really fortunate he's on our staff. Well, obviously that is a really impressive story. And in case you were curious where he played in the SEC, Ole Miss, he was an all SEC offensive lineman at one point in his playing career, also played 53 games in the NFL over five seasons with Minnesota and Tampa Bay, relatively young guy too, about about the same age as Eli, I'm sure, and about 37, 38 years old as far as I can tell based on his graduating class in 2004 at Ole Miss, maybe 05. But I'm sure Eli feels a little bit of kinship with Marcus Johnson. Both similar ages, both started from really humble beginnings, making their way up the up the ranks, so who knows? Maybe Marcus Johnson. Hopefully we can keep him around as long as possible. I know I'm getting way ahead of myself, but yeah, let's hope we can keep him around. He seems like a guy who's on the way up to me. And I can relate to that. I'm certainly grinding my way through the hustle and bustle of the cutthroat world of sports podcasting. And let me tell you, when you're doing that, you're pretty much always on. So sometimes you just got to get into chill mode, and what better way to do it than with Coors Light? Yes, sometimes you just need a little bit of a companion to help you celebrate responsibly that the workday has finally come to an end, and you've finally posted that podcast that is truly going to change Mizzou football forever. And again, when I'm reflecting on my own genius there's no better way to do so than reaching for that cold mountain refreshment called Coors Light. So that is absolutely the one I always choose when I want to reset and get into chill mode. So here's the best news of all. You can get Coors Light right now in its new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com to get that wonderful beverage delivered straight to your door. Coors Light Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And I want to tell you about our old friends at Built Bar. And they're old friends because, well, frankly, 
The old friends are always the best friends. The new friends can get, well, you know, they're awesome, but you never know. So the old friends like at Built Bar, those are the ones you can always count on. And the one that I've been counting on lately, along with, of course, that wonderful orange flavor, is the new coconut almond. Yes, the brand new coconut almond flavor. 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 net carbs. All a part of this delicious, chocolatey protein bar that we like to call Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Well, I end up talking... So much about Connor Bazelak on this show that if I were Bill Simmons, I would definitely make it a recurring segment called Connor Corner. There's no doubt about that. But since I'm not Bill Simmons, we're just going to move on with our usual sound bites. So Eli was asked about Connor's performance against Kentucky, and here's what he had to say. I think he did an outstanding job on third downs. Uh, he was incredibly efficient on third downs and finding the right decisions and taking off running when he needed to. There was one decision on third down that I disagreed with. And then in the, uh, you know, on base downs, there was two uh, really crucial plays that, that I wish he could have had back. Um, you know, the, the issue is when you're a quarterback, you know, those three plays can be the difference in the game. And so it's not like you can make a, you know, a 90 on the test and still win the game. You know, I mean, those, those plays, you know, you get 80, you know, for us, we had 92 plays. Three of them can be the difference in the game. So he's got to continue to improve, and he knows that. And, and that's the thing I love about him is he is he is always trying to get better. You know, he he, he knew it before uh, I could even start coaching him on the sideline about, yeah, I got to run and get that first down. So, you know, incredibly proud of him for that. But he's still got a long way to go, and, and I got a long way to go as far as coaching him and, and uh, improving as a football coach that I can relate to him and get him better. So that's what I was referring to, actually teasing earlier in this show, is that Eli's definitely playing some good cop, bad cop with Connor. And I don't know that I'll get to this particular soundbite, but also in this, he was sort of asked about his general philosophy on quarterbacks as far as throwing them into the wolves. And he was saying, well, I don't believe in that. I believe in putting them in positions to succeed and and making sure that their confidence is high. But at the same time, I think Basilek, obviously people like me hyping him all the time, saying Missouri's found their future quarterback of the future. He's now 2-0 and as a starter, winning two really significant games for the program. Well, basically you want to you take him down a peg. Maybe not even take him down a peg. Maybe that's the wrong way of putting it. Just keep him humble. Keep him realizing that he knows that you can constantly improve. And and that may seem nitpicky and harsh to some people, but I'm telling you, unfortunately, maybe, or fortunately, reality is that's just life. I think there's, the older I get, the more I realize there's no such thing as stasis. There's very little, few examples in, in life and really in just nature. Even something, like if you look at a mountain, you look at a hill or something, a large hill, let's just stick with mountains, Right. Well, even that mountain, it may seem imperceptible, but it's changing all the time. It's something called erosion. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's staying the same. Well, I think humans are very much the same way. 
So Connor Basilek, I think that's just Eli playing the good cop, bad cop, keeping him confident, but also keeping him humble and just keeping him on the right track as far as keeping his head down and becoming a better player. Now, obviously, Connor Basilek has played really good football this season, but it's also quite obvious that Joshua Bledsoe has played some excellent football, too. And if there's a quarterback of the defense, if it's not Nick Bolton in the middle of that of that linebacking core, in the middle of that front seven, well, it's probably Josh Bledsoe at free safety. And he's put in a lot of difficult positions by Ryan Walters in this defense. And, well, Eli had some color on that thought as well. Um, I definitely concur with with Nick that it is a very difficult position the way we play it uh, and what we do defensively, just the amount of communication, the amount of different techniques that he has to have, the amount of times that he's placed in one-on-one situations, uh, usually versus their fastest player, best player, and and knows that he's going to be the person that they attack. And, uh, you know, he handles it well. He's got a short memory. Um, you know, he, he, he's obviously really good when, when the football's coming at him. That, that play he made to, to seal the win with the, with the turnover was incredible play. And, um, so I definitely agree that he plays a very difficult position. But I'll say this, anybody that plays football plays difficult positions. And there's not one that's, you know, necessarily an easy job. Um, they're, they're all difficult, but his is, his definitely gets uh, put on Sports Center if he doesn't do it right. And of course, what Eli means there one false step, one bad read, that can result in a, a big play over the top of your head. And you're on Sports Center for the wrong reasons. So let's hope that this coming Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning, the Missouri is all over Sports Center for the right reasons. And after this break, we'll talk more about that opponent, these. Powerful Florida Gators coming up right after this. And while speaking of Missouri free safety, Joshua Bledsoe, I don't know this to be a fact, but I would imagine we'll see him matched up against Florida tight end Kyle Pitts quite a bit. Now, if you've seen Florida play at all this season, you're probably well aware of how good Kyle Pitts is. But just in case, let's hear what Eli had to say. Yeah, I mean, they split him out uh, where, he, you know, they use him like an NFL, and, and I think that's why you hear so much about, you know, Coach Mullen eventually being a head coach in the NFL because of the way he utilizes his players. You know, he utilizes uh, Pitts like they do Kittle and like they do Travis Kelsey and, and some of the other great ones where they, you know, line them up single receiver to the weak side and, and create four-by-ones and make you – you know, isolating with no underneath coverage. They, they, they do a good job of getting matched up on Mike linebackers over the middle of the field. Uh, I mean, I, I saw it earlier. I think he had 175 yards and four touchdowns versus Ole Miss. So, I mean, they use him all kinds of ways. By the way, what Eli was describing there, the three to one side, one to the other, isolate Kyle Pitts to one side so he has no underneath coverage. That was basically what I described yesterday when Damon Hazleton picked up a fourth and five for Missouri. That's exactly what they did with Hazleton. They isolated him to one side. Hazleton did a nice job of out-physicaling his man, winning his matchup, getting the first down. Now, Florida's, de- Florida's offense excuse me, 
in general has generated most of the buzz and the headlines so far this season. And well, they've given up some points, especially in the Ole Miss game. So it would be natural to question that Florida defense a little bit, but it sure seemed like Eli Drinkwitz was cautioning people and pushing back against that notion in the press conference. You know, defensively, their defensive coordinator, Todd Grantham, is one of the best in the country. Uh, he's very multiple with what he does schematically. They they play man, they play zone, they have all kinds of different pressures. They'll bring cats, uh, corner cats, they'll bring safeties. They'll feels like they're bringing people off the bench on third downs. Um, they're always uh, long and great athletes and physical up front. Uh, their D-line is as good as anybody we've played so far. Uh, you know, I, there's been a lot made about the points they've given up. At no point in the Ole Miss game was that game ever in doubt. Uh, uh, I mean, it was 52 to, to, to 21, uh, you know, and they scored a couple of late touchdowns and went for two. But uh, that game was never in doubt. And really, the South Carolina game was not either. Uh, you know, they play defense that, you know, gives up first down but no explosive plays and takes time off the clock. So I, defensively, they're really good. Forced two turnovers, which led to points in the Texas A&M game. So there you go. Eli Drinkwitz throwing a little bit of cold water on anyone who is dying to pound the 13 points that Missouri is currently getting on the road in Gainesville. But I'll tell you, it's just interesting to hear again that Missouri, another week, another defense. That sounds like the exact opposite style of defense that Kentucky was employing. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what type of game plan Eli Drinkwitz has up his sleeve, and especially on third downs. Will maybe on third and eight, third and seven, will we see maybe some tricky, some screen passes, some Andy Reid-like screen passes that come from an unexpected source, an unexpected receiver? You could see that a lot. If, if Florida is really as aggressive on third downs as Eli claims, you could definitely see some of that. But again, a Florida deep dive tomorrow on this podcast. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.